So my son Wyatt is a huge Marvel fan, huge Marvel fan. And so uh, Wyatt and Caleb and I have been watching the Marvel Universe series of movies chronologically, not how they came out, but how you should watch them chronologically, get the full story. So it, it, the whole thing climaxed in a movie called Endgame, which is how the, these heroes kind of went back and rectified what had gotten wrecked through the process of, 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 of living, of doing what they thought they were supposed to do, and, and they had to kind of fix what had gone wrong. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, I wonder how many of us, given the opportunity, need to do the same thing. If we could go back and redo some things so the current is different than what it currently is, wouldn't that be a good thing? How many of you would take advantage of that if that were the opportunity? Yeah. And so then I started thinking, because we can't, what if we lived with foreknowledge of what the end game should be. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so if, we, if we can kind of foresee in the future so that we can live with the end game in mind, it might keep us from a lot of difficulty and tragedy in the process. And so I developed this series called End Game, Discovering Our Destiny. The idea behind this entire series is going to be to live with the end game in mind. It doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are. If you're still breathing, we can make course corrections and live with the rest of life with the end game in mind. To set that up, I want to take you to a verse in the New Testament book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It's the fifth one. Go to the middle of the Bible, take a right. Get to the guy's names, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right after that is Acts. The writer of Acts is kind of telling some history where they came from, what they believe about their faith, and he makes this profound statement that when I, when I first heard this decades ago, I thought, man, that's, this is what I want said of me. Acts 13.36 He's talking about old King David from generations before. And this is what he says. David served God's purpose in his own time, and then he died. That's it. Served God's purpose, and once I serve God's purpose in my generation, some texts say, I want to be off this dirt clot. Because if I'm not serving God's purpose anymore, why stick around here? Like, while I'm here, there ought to be a point of purpose to it. And I believe that the greatest point of purpose to be in here is to serve God's purpose, to live with the end game in mind, to understand what our destiny is. See, the fact is this. Destiny is serving God's purpose with your life and expanding His kingdom in the world. Now, I told you you're going to need that app. You go to that app, go to Sundays, go to Messages. All these notes are there, and you can take notes as I go. I'm going to warn you up front. I'm going to preach better than what you're going to listen today. You understand what I'm saying? I already feel like I started preaching better than what you're hearing me. There's going to be a lot of things I'm going to say that you're going to want to write down. 
And I'm not going to remember what I said enough to tell you again. So on the fly, you better start getting this stuff down because you're going to need this. So when we talk about destiny, what we're talking about is serving God's purpose with our life and expanding God's kingdom in the world. Psalm 139 says that we were custom made by God to fulfill a custom purpose from God and for God. You were custom made, every one of you custom made by God to fulfill a custom purpose for, from God and for God. Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, talking about us as his creation, are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That context of being fearfully and wonderfully is so big and so profound that we just kind of get lost in the context of life, never discovering how fearfully and wonderfully we have been created. And this is much more than just kind of this spiritual idea. I want to share with you some tools to discover how fearfully and wonderfully you're made. I take these tools, we use these tools all over the world with my, our leadership training, with church planning stuff. Whenever I counsel people, which is not often, I refer to things like this. I have people go, so I want to share with you some of these tools. And all of these tools, they're on that app, and the links to get them are on that app as well. So there's a thing called Strength Finders. This is developed by, developed by some uh, psychologists and professionals at UCLA and Gallup. You heard of Gallup, the Gallup people. They developed this thing called Strength Finders. They've identified 34 strengths that through the process of growing, we have developed in our brains that cause us to have strengths and abilities in some areas and not in others. There's 34 of them. It's universal. Uh, and by the time we get to about 18, 21 years old, these neurological pathways are so ingrained in our minds that we primarily function from the basis of five top strengths that we have. And they've done their research to hundreds of thousands of people over decades of study, continually come back to these five strengths that each person has, has five top strengths in which we really function. Now, I want to give you this resource uh, because once you start to understand this, it will start to make sense. Do you ever know why some people get stuck on something and then they can't get off it? You, how many of you remember, remember uh, in the Olympics in, in Los Angeles with Carrie Strug, the vaulter, the girl vaulter? She hit the vault and did what? Broke her ankle. And she did her deal and she landed on one foot with a broken ankle, got a perfect score. She has the strength called focus. It's, it, it's, it's revealed in the study. It is the ability to focus on something and to go through great hell and pain and to not get off it. You understand what I'm saying? And so, uh, That's my number one strength. That's why I get stuck on things and I will not get off it. That's why when you upset me, it's hard for me to let that go because my focus stays on it. Yeah, try being married to that. That's rough. Heather has this strength in going through. It's called woo, W-O-O. -O. It means winning others over. And when you talk to Heather, you feel like you're her best friend. She might not even know your name. But she'll make you feel like she does, and she'll walk away and forget all about you. But she, you, feel like, you feel like she cares about you because it's winning others over. And it's profound. It's fantastic. I have this strength called K-O-O, -O, killing others off. <laughs> that's, that's not really one. 
a strength called positivity. People with positivity, they'll be on the Titanic, rearranging the deck chairs, talking about how clear the sky is. It's so great. Whenever you have a team and one person has positivity on the team, all teams are equal, but one person has positivity, that team always wins. Because the power of this. And so it's a profound tool that I want to share with you that will help you understand how fearfully and wonderfully you're made. Now, this is going somewhere. You can order that book and that code to that book. This is a psychometric tool. It's not a personality thing. There's no other tool like it. A psychometric doesn't just translate your, your answers. It translates the time it takes you to read an answer and to respond. It's amazing what they've produced. And so I want you to take advantage of this. We have 15 books. You have to have a code. The books are in the code. We have 15 books available. There's more on order. Amazon couldn't get them to us fast enough. You can get those at the little info deal out in the, in the lobby area. Or you can just go to that app and download it and take it. Now, keep that in mind because I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. There's also this thing called DISC, D-I-S-C. And that helps us understand how fearfully and wonderfully we've been made. There are four areas that the DISC measures. Dominance, influence, steady, and cautious. There are some of us who have the mindset and the attitude and the behavior. Shoot. Ready? No, don't even aim. Just go. That's dominant. There's an influencing that just, it, it works through influencing people and winning people over and encouraging people and getting them on your team and going. There's a steady person that will never make a bad decision because they're just going to make sure all the details are there. There's a cautious person that will never make a decision because <laughs> they're so cautious. Whenever they make a decision, it'll be a good one. You see what I'm saying? And so there's, there's, see, here's the thing. When we don't understand this, especially when you get married, if you don't understand this before you get married, some of you think you married a cheerleader when really you married a leader. And you're wondering why things don't click. Because you might not be understanding how we're all put together. There's this other thing called five love languages. You ever heard of that? There's five different ways that people generally experience and receive love. And if you experience and receive love different than the person you're connected to, you'll always want to give them love the way you experience it. But that might not be the way they primarily experience it. And so there's this clash of give and take of a love and affection. It's all about how we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And the Bible says that God has so intricately put us together. And the more we can understand how we're significantly put together, the better we'll be able to understand what our destiny really looks like and how to fulfill it so i want to share through these two the disc and the five love languages the links i put on that app are free free to do just go follow that link go there fill that out the strength finders you need to buy the book or buy the code okay so all the info you need is on our app to do that here's why i want you to do it in maybe a month or so i'm going to have an evening together i want you to share with us you can email all your results to Strength Finders, the Disc, and the Five Love Language, you can email your results to info at axel176.com, just our website, or any of us at the church. And we're gonna, I'm going to put all the stuff together, and I'm going to walk us through in one evening what it means if you have this strength and this strength and the dark sides to it all. Do you understand? I started walking my boys through this and the discovery of them as they're just fresh in college about how they're put together and who they are and how God created them. It is profound, liberating, and powerful. Do you understand? I want you to take advantage of it.
I'm giving you some good tools now. Don't waste it. So you, feel that you, you get all this stuff, send it to us so I can have all this info. And I'm not going to like say, hey, Doug is dot, dot, dot. I'm just going to give the, the characteristics of it. You can apply it to yourself. So anyway, my little commercial there. Here's my concern. Here's my concern. Many people are living falsetto lives. They're trying to go to a place they were never designed to go. You know when you sing falsetto, it's kind of a fake voice. My fear is that many people are living falsetto lives. They're trying to produce something they weren't naturally designed to produce. And the result of living a life like that is what you end up producing is a false representation of who you really are. That's my concern. So you have been uniquely, divinely, fearfully, and wonderfully put together to fulfill a destiny. And your destiny will uniquely fit who you are and how you're designed. And it will be energizing and liberating to you when you discover it. Energizing and liberating. So let me share with you these seven characteristics of people who will fulfill their destiny. Seven characteristics of people who will fulfill their destiny. Just think about your own self as we go through this. People who will fulfill their destiny will have a vibrant and growing relationship with Jesus. Can I just give you a little hint as to one way to develop a vibrant and growing relationship with Jesus? Can I, can I share that with you? Okay, it's this thing called prayer. And most of you are like, okay, you're right, I pray all the time. Parking spaces, you know, pretty Christmas trees, unicorns. And I just... What I'm talking about, do this. You, you, you want to increase your relationship. With, if you think you have a relationship with Jesus, and, and, and if you do, and you pray, let, let me encourage you to this. When you pray, pray out loud. Even when you're, especially when you're by yourself. Maybe don't pray out loud when you're around people at work or they'll think you're crazy. You're talking to, you know, like, who do you see? But when you pray, pray out loud. Because here's the deal. We can't have conversations with each other by our thoughts yet, Right? How's this working? Am I talking to you? I mean, it's very, uh, very few times that you can really be like someone in and kind of get the gist of what they mean. But and so uh, when I look in the Bible, uh, when people prayed in the Bible, they, it was always out loud. And so what happens, I think, we, we, when we think about something, we think we're praying about it. But the moment you start speaking it, you start hearing what you're saying. And you're actually having a conversation. So if you want a vibrant and growing relationship with Jesus, start by praying out loud, even when you're praying by yourself. Because there's a person that we're talking to in prayer. His name is Jesus. I challenge you. The second characteristic is to have a vibrant, growing relationship with your spouse, your children, your family, wherever that looks like have a vibrant and growing relationship with those in your family, your spouse, your kids, those at home. The third thing that produces people who fulfill their destiny is those who have a vibrant and growing relationship with other people. We need people outside our family. So we can't get away from our family. And so we need other people when they drive us crazy. We need relationships outside our family. Not only that, people who fulfill their destiny live with financial freedom and sacrificial giving to God. You cannot fulfill your destiny that's given you by God if you're strapped in debt, 
working overtime to pay off past mistakes financially. When you're tied to your credit card debt, you will never be able to fulfill your destiny. Can I just say that? People fulfill their destiny will live a life free from bondage to substances and behaviors. If you're tied to the bottle, you're tied to the smoke, you're tied to superstitious behavior, you're tied to hurts, habits, and hang you'll never be able to fulfill your destiny. People fulfill their destiny are free of those things. Live in freedom. People fulfill their destiny have taken great risks in faith. You cannot live a safe life and fulfill your destiny. God has called, you know what the number one, it used to be the number one selling chair was called Lazy Boy. There's a reason for that. Because we love safety and laziness. And that's not if we're going to follow God into the destiny he designed for us. It will not be safe. I get so tired of people and church people saying they want to experience God in church. I experience God in church. You experience his word. But when all heaven opens and the angels show up is when you're out in the, in the danger time. That's when God shows up. You understand what I'm saying? His destiny is going to be dangerous. And it's going to be fun. People who fulfill their destiny have a zeal for sharing their faith with others. You have a zeal because of what it means to me. I, I, just, I love being able to talk to people about my faith. The Bible says whenever you have an opportunity, give the reason for the hope that you have. You don't got to explain everything. You just got to explain your hope. So here's the thing. If any one of these seven characteristics are out of alignment, it's going to hamper your ability to fulfill your destiny. If any one of them are. This, people who live in the, according, like have, can check these off, and people who don't, it's the difference between a light shot through a prism and a light that's tightly focused. A light that's shot through a prism is pretty, right? But what's the power behind that? None. What, what power does light shot through a prism have? It might look good, but accomplish nothing. Now you take that same beam of light and you focus it down, and what do you get? A laser that'll cut through steel. You understand what I'm saying? So when we get these things in place, it tightly focuses so we live like a laser, not a prism. Some people are so concerned about looking pretty, they got prism lives, not laser lives. Is this making sense? You, you track it with me? Just consider for yourself, which of these are not clicking? The more you have of these seven that aren't clicking, the less likely you're going to be to discover and fulfill your destiny. Some of you are ready to rock and roll with this. Some of you are realizing, hmm, I have some work to do. If you don't discover your destiny and align your vocation to serve your destiny, you'll either be confused, disappointed, bored, or ineffective. If you don't discover your destiny and bring your vocation under your to serve your destiny, your life will you'll end up feeling either confused about life, disappointed in life, bored with life, or just completely ineffective at it. Because you were made 
or a destiny. And you've been divinely created for it. Every person has a destiny to fulfill. Let's not leave this earth till we get it done. Do you understand? I feel like I'm preaching better than you're listening right now. There's a sense in every one of us that says, I matter. There's a sense inside that says, my life is important. I know it is, and you need to know it is. Here's why we have that feeling. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity in the heart of man. That's why you have this sense that you matter, because you do. And if you don't have a sense of destiny for your life, you'll have a sense of confusion about your life. This sense of, I matter, that's the destiny God's put in you and it designed you for eternity. And if we live, when, when people get to the complete loss of that sense that they matter, it produces devastating results. And once you realize, that you have been created by God, uniquely put together to accomplish a unique destiny in the world, then you begin living as fully you. And then you realize you don't need to copy anybody else. You don't need to follow the pattern of the world. You don't need the approval of others. Then you start realizing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and given a divine directive to fulfill in the world because you do matter. There's a destiny for you to fulfill. Now, when thinking about this, I started thinking, you know, there's a huge difference between the old and the young. There's a bunch of young men going to play a football game today. Going to suit up and play in the Super Bowl for an epic battle at least in their minds, that most people are going to forget about a couple seasons from now. And most of those young men that are suiting up today, getting ready right now, are chasing what they think is their destiny, only to discover later in life that there's something greater and more lasting than success in their chosen field of vocation. See, the truth is that when we're young, we chase success. We want it. We chase it. We work for it. But then when we're old, two things happen. Either we never achieve the success to the degree that we set out to achieve and we're disappointed, or worse, we do achieve that success only to realize that we've missed significance because it hasn't fulfilled our destiny and what happens is we get restless when we get older because we realize that the time is getting shorter and we realize there are still things undone. If you are young, hear my words. Discover your destiny and how you've been uniquely created to fulfill it. If you're old, hear my words. Realize you don't got much time left. And that's a good thing. Here's why. Because time is now your ally. 
Because at the end of life, you start getting desperate and desperation will make you do crazy things like make end game adjustments because you know now I got to win. Do you understand what I'm saying? It don't matter young or old. There's, there's a thing that keeps us from understanding, fulfilling, and grabbing on our destiny. It's a lack of focus. Because we get so easily distracted in this world. We went from one thing to Just think of those seven characteristics. How many things are designed in this world to distract you from the fulfillment of one of those seven characteristics? Financial freedom and sacrifice you're giving to God, you're distracted by that all the time, by your credit cards. By the new things you see, by a new sale. How many of you have saved money because you went and spent a bunch of money on a sale? You understand what I'm saying? I don't know how you can spend money and think you're saving it. That makes no sense to me. We're so easily distracted. And without focus on these seven things, we end up living chaotic lives. And the Bible talks about chaotic lives. The Bible calls chaotic lives double-mindedness. And the Bible says in James 1a, you're a double-minded man. And what happens when you're double-minded and chaotic is you're unstable. And you chase other things in your God-defined destiny. And there's so many lives that are just unstable, double-minded, never discovering and then never fulfilling their destiny. I got to speed up. I've only been on two pages of notes and I got a lot more. Let me talk to those of you who, um, who say you follow Jesus. So I, I can't, it's not my place to judge if you do or you don't. I'm just talking if you say you do, then this is for you. If you haven't yet crossed that line of faith yet, then uh, just listen in on, on those of us who have and, and what's kind of expected of us and what's offered to us. So here's the thing. If, if you're a Christ follower... God has given you already a set of gifts. And he did that at the, at the, the, the moment you asked him to lead your life. He, he's gifted you with gifts. And the Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. How God put you together and the gifts that he's given you are irrevocable. You know what that means? That means we'll never get away. We never get away from how God has gifted us, nor from what he's called us to do. Those things are unchanging. How he's put us together in the totality of all those tools that I shared with you, along with spiritual gifts that he's endowed to those who follow him with their lives, and what he's called us to, those things are irrevocable. Another version says they are without repentance. That means God is never sorry for how he's gifted you, nor to what he's called you to. You're not sorry about it, and they're irrevocable. That gift and calling will never go away. So what that means is that your gift and calling are perfectly suited for the role and position that God wants you to play in the world. They're perfectly fitted and suited for you. They're not going away. You can never get away from them. You'll either fulfill them and get to the end of your life and think it was a success, or you'll neglect them and deny them and get to the end of your life and think there's something missing. Now, please let me be clear. Your destiny may not be your career. It might be, but your destiny might have nothing to do with your career. 
So get out of your mind the idea that your career is your destiny. It might not be. Here's proof. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote the majority of this and planted the, all these churches, his vocation was a tent maker. That wasn't his destiny, though. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it might be. Your vocation might be your destiny. I don't know, but many times it's not. No one would say that Paul's destiny was tent making. That was just the thing that fulfilled the fulfillment of his destiny. And eventually, every one of, every one of us we have to get to the point where our destiny rises above our career so our career ends up serving our destiny, whatever that career is, because our destiny is probably very different than our vocation. I want to help you in this series discover and pursue your destiny and bring your career underneath your, your destiny. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul did. His vocation was one thing. His destiny was different. You know, Jesus, you know what his vocation was? If he had a vocation, what it was? Carpentry. Carpentry. Would any of us, I mean, even if you're not a Christian, would any of us say that Jesus' destiny was carpentry? No. John, disciple John, you know what his vocation was? He's a fisherman. Was that his destiny? No. How about James? His vocation? Fisherman. You know what his destiny was? Wasn't fish. Peter, fisherman by trade. Wasn't his destiny. Matthew, his vocation? Government tax man. That's nobody's destiny. That, that's like a work of the devil. That's, I just, that, that makes no sense. None of them would say their vocation was their destiny. See, in our, our culture, we get this backwards and we grow up backwards. Our focus is always on our vocation. And we assume that success that our vocation is a fulfillment of our destiny. And we never even get to our destiny. As if success is proof for fulfilling our destiny. And it's not. People can be successful and miss their destiny. God isn't calling us to a vocation. He's put eternity into the hearts of man. And he's put our destiny before us. Not a vocation. Vocation has to serve your destiny. And I want to get you to the point where you bring all your alignment of your energy and your creativity and your passion through your vocation into your destiny. And then suddenly your vocation is deeper and more profound and has a much greater purpose than a paycheck. I don't want any of us to die pursuing a career and miss our destiny. Do you understand? See, my fear is that some people confuse success with destiny. As if success were their life's pursuit. We've got to understand, and we have to help younger ones especially understand, so they start out on the right foot, that it's possible to be successful and miss a destiny. I don't want that to happen. It's happened to too many people. See, Success equals accomplishment. There's nothing wrong with that. Be highly successful. Be as successful as you can be, without a doubt. The Bible talks a lot about that. But destiny is greater than accomplishment. Destiny is fulfillment. And so many of us are chasing fulfillment by chasing success. You'll never get it. You'll never get it. 
not only do some confuse success with destiny, some confuse happiness with destiny. Like if I just do the things that make me happy, that's what life is all about. No, that is not. There's nothing wrong with happiness. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that is called in Matthew 5 starts every blessed are the, that's the Greek word makaros, which means happy. Happy are the, the Bible talks a lot about being happy. There's nothing wrong with that. I'd rather have you happy than bummed, right? Yeah, no doubt. However, happiness is fleeting based on circumstances and experiences where destiny is joy irregardless of circumstances. And one reason so many people die not fully fulfilling their destiny is that they pursue success and happiness. Success, destiny might bring success and happiness, but success and happiness are byproducts of it, not something to be pursued by it. Here's what will happen. You'll know that when you are pursuing your destiny because you won't get wrapped up in drama. People get wrapped up in drama. That is a warning light that you're pursuing other, something other than your destiny. When people get wrapped up in drama and I hear about it, I just think, you know what? You're so confused about stuff right now. Drama is the antithesis of destiny. Destiny means you will have an impact on people, those outside yourself. See, we were designed always to be a conduit, not a cul-de-sac of what God pours into us. And when God sees his blessings to us, flow through us for the benefit of others, other than you, he can pour more into you. So, in the few minutes I have remaining, I love teaching on this stuff. I could go for hours. But I know that the brain can only absorb what the butt can endure. And so I know I got to get done here. I, I, I get you. I understand. Can I share with you just a couple steps to discovering your destiny? Just to get us started in this process? Can I share with you a couple? One thing you've got to do. It, you, none of us are going to discover our destiny by accident. Uh, very few of us will. But absolutely none of us will fulfill it by accident. So, the first thing we've got to do is make continual deposits into it. Continual deposits into the discovery and the fulfillment of our... Those seven characteristics, you're not going to fulfill those by accident. You don't live with financial freedom on accident. You don't live free from control of substance and behaviors by accident. You don't risk in faith by accident. You don't have vibrant relationships with people in your family by accident. We don't have vibrant relationships with Jesus by accident. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't happen by accident. So there has to be continual deposits into it. See, part of the discovering your destiny is determined by what you deposit into its discovery. Those tools I gave you, some of you thought, I'm not filling out another stupid tool. If you don't put anything into the discovery, you're not going to discover it. Make deposits into it. Those are good things. You cannot withdraw what you do not put in. If you put no money into the market, go to my friend Jim and ask him to get some out. See how that goes for you. You ain't getting nothing. You didn't put it in. You can't withdraw money you never deposited. 
nor can't get this, nor can you withdraw from a relationship what you didn't deposit into the relationship. I just want someone to love me. I just need someone to love me. What are you putting in? I just feel like nobody's cheering me on. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this, this principle is as true for mutual funds as it is for marriage, uh, marriage fulfillment. It's the same principle. It's the same with the spiritual life. If all we deposit, and this isn't poking at anybody, I'm just saying, if all we deposit is sporadic Sunday attendance, you can't withdraw a miracle faith work in action and intervention. Do you understand? See, if what we put in is less than biblical, what we withdraw will be less than miracle. That was good. I told you, you got to write this stuff down. I'm on the fly now. That whole, that whole seven characteristics of the financial freedom and sacrificial giving, that didn't happen by accident. If what you put in is less than biblical, you won't withdraw what is miracle. So the first thing you've got to do, man, you've got to start pursuing this, the continual pursuit of this, the discovery and the fulfillment of it. But not only that, you've got to, we all have to realize that our past doesn't determine our destiny. We need people around us who will see us, who will see our destiny in spite of our past. Some people in your life, all they see is your past. All they see is your future, is your future in light of your past. They make things like this. You know what? That's who they always are. They just always are. That's just who they are. They're just... It's going to blow you off as if your past is who your destiny, who your future is, and it's not. Now, your destiny may well be tied to your past. There's a story of this guy in the Old Testament named Jephthah, and he was one of the judges that God raised up to, to lead his people. This guy came from a gang. He was a gangbanger in his early days. He had this notorious gang that just was vile and evil and mean and just destructive. And God kind of redeemed him. And, and so then when the people were in need, there were all these people were invading the land. They said, who can we get to lead us? And they thought, we know. We'll go to that bad dude, Jephthah. He knows how to throw down. His destiny was to lead the nation, but it came out of his past. So your destiny might be tied to your past. Do you understand? But you're not destined to your past. And you need people in your life to say, that might be who you've been, but that's not who you are. God's got something different. There's a newness to it. Here's what I, this hit me yesterday. The more you run after your destiny, the more distance you'll put between you and your history. Do you understand what I'm saying? The more you run after your destiny, the more distance you'll put between you and your history. And some of you need to put great distance to what's behind you. Make continual deposits in this. Realize this isn't tied to your past. And embrace the process. This is a process of discovery, and it's a process of implementation. See, so many people want the promotion without the process. You cannot live with the promotion to your destiny without the process of discovery. It's not just going to happen. You can't celebrate the sapling. Yeah, let me phrase that. You can't celebrate the sequoia without celebrating the sapling. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Some of you just might be starting in this. It's a slow, slow process of slow discovery. Embrace the process. You can't pursue the recital without the rehearsal. It's a process. And if you're just starting out, you've got a long way to go, but you're starting and it's going to get more clear. Make those seven characteristics. This is so important. It's so vital. Pursue your end game. Your end game is going to be different than my end game. Pursue your end game. Don't die having missed your destiny. Don't waste your life on this planet getting to the end of your life thinking, I wish I coulda, I wish I woulda. Don't pass from this life having lived a falsetto life. One thing I want to encourage you, this is based on Ephesians 4.13. Pursuit of the fullness of the measure of Christ. Understand this. You were designed to embody the full measure of Christ in you. I don't know if you realized that when you signed on. The injunction in Ephesians 4.13 is to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ filled with the full presence and power and riches of Christ in you. That's part of your destiny. Start praying, God, fill me with the full measure of Christ. Filled to the brim, lacking in nothing. God will not promote you beyond your measure, beyond the measure you possess. You can come up here, Rick. Here's the thing, your destiny might be great. Matter of fact, your destiny is great, but your measure might not be ready for it yet. You don't have the capacity yet. So you don't get a big check based on a minimal investment. So what I'm asking of us is to make some quantum leap shifts in how we live to pursue those seven characteristics because it'll put us in a position to discover and fulfill our destiny. Do you understand? Do you understand? Filled to the full measure of God to increase our capacity. Let me wrap up with this. this. This message is just the jumping off point for this series. I'm just setting the table. There's a lot for you to chew on. There's a lot to digest. I'm just setting the table right now. But let me close with this. Jeremiah 12, 5. It says, you've raced with men on foot and they've worn you out. How do you think you compete against the horses? Some of us have been running with ordinary footmen chasing shadows of destiny. But you were made to run as far and as fast, as powerful as a stallion. And if you've worn your life out so far, running with footmen, how do you expect to keep doing the same thing and be able to run with the horses? You can't. You were made for a greater race and a more powerful run than mere foot. Don't run with the mediocrity of foot soldiers. Run with the horses. Quit being satisfied 
among everybody else that's plodding along. Footmen tired of a walk. You've been destined to run with the stallions. It doesn't matter how much more life you got ahead of you. If you got an hour ahead of you, run the hour with the stallions. Do you understand? It's time to get up and to discover your God-designed destiny and how you've been uniquely crafted to live it in this world. Stay with us in these weeks. Hear me on this now. Your end game, your end game, it's no ordinary life. It's no ordinary life. Your end game, your end game is not the mediocrity of good enough. Your end game, my end game, is not the devil's victory in my life, nor over my life, nor in your life, nor over your life. Your end game and my end game is a victorious life in the fulfillment of our destiny. Live with your end game in mind. Do you understand? Get after those seven characteristics. There's things you can do right now this day that'll start to bring yourself in line with those seven godly biblical characteristics that'll put you in a position to discover and fulfill your destiny. Don't waste your time anymore. Quit running with the footmen. Come run with the stallion. You pray with me right now. Father, thank you.